Hi, my name is Lisa, part of the leadership team here at DCC. Thank you so much for listening to a Church in the City podcast. And we hope that you enjoy this message and that it enriches and encourages you today and that it serves towards fulfilling our mission of empowering a movement of passionate Jesus followers. Morning. How's everybody doing? Good. That's not convincing. Driving in this morning, and um, I was just talking to the Lord about this morning and what was on His heart and His mind. And I felt like the Lord, um, well, He said to me, He said, Kev, He said, Look, the difference between living a life of the difference between living a life on fire and living a life of complacency and lukewarmness is one word expectancy And, you know, there's a big difference between the word expectancy and the word expectation. And I, know, I don't know about you, but in my limited time on this planet, I have learned that most of the disappointments that I have experienced in my life come down to my expectation of the outcome. And I would dare say that most of the situations where people are frustrated with God, frustrated with what should have been or could have been or would have been, comes down to their expectation of the outcome. And again, I don't know about you, but I can speak for myself when I say that my expectations, my expectations are not always fully in alignment with God's plan and what he has in store and what's best. So when I approach a situation with God, with a very, very particular expectation of what should happen when it doesn't. If it doesn't, it's very easy to fall into a place of, God, why? God, why not? God, did I not rub my Bible enough times for the genie in a bottle type thing happening? Or what happened? Like, did I not pray enough? Did I not fast enough? Did I not fall on my knees enough? Did I not give enough? Did I not pour myself out enough, did I not be more, did I not be broken enough for that to happen, for that outcome, that expectation to be met. And so, so often, so often when I've found myself in those situations, 
the Lord's answer to me is so simple, and it's just, son, son, your expectation was not aligned with my purpose. Just wait. (laughs) That's the best part. Just wait. And let's see how this all comes out. Because I'm here to tell you that if it's not good yet, he's not done yet. If it's not good yet, he's not done yet. Okay? God is nothing but good. He is nothing but good all the time. But I want to get back to that idea of expectancy because the idea of living as a church on fire, whether it's in our loving and our service or our our prayer or our listening or our intercession or all of the things that we've talked about so far. And this morning, we're going to talk about laying hands on the sick and casting out demons, which to some people might feel a little weird and awkward, but it shouldn't be. This should be the most natural conversation for us to have as Christ followers. But the key, the key, to walking in this kind of transformational influence in the earth is living with expectancy. It's showing up on the scene with no agenda but to partner with the king. Showing up on the scene with no agenda but to say, God, I want what you want. Showing up on the scene with no agenda but to say, God, I want to see your heart displayed in this place. I want to see your heart displayed in this opportunity. Whatever it is, wherever it is, whatever I'm doing, whomever I'm with. But if I show up and I say, God, I want this particular thing to happen and only that, and if that doesn't happen, I'm going to be ticked off. Well, then I wound up ticked off because I was in my own strength, trying to manufacture things, manipulate things, situations, do them in my own power, and all of that other stuff. I have a friend, I don't know if they're still watching, but I saw him watching earlier during worship, a friend, friends of ours, Chad and Sarah, whom a lot of you may know, um, they're just dear, dear, dear friends and beloved people and friends of DCC and we're integral in several of the formative years of this in partnering and leadership and, and uh, ministry and everything else that we've done and built and are uh, pastoring in Montana now. And um, so Sarah was telling a story the other day um, and it really felt like it fit Exactly what I'm trying to say. She said, she was telling a story when they were missionaries in, in um, I, I think it was when they were in Kenya, and, and um, they went to a thing, they went to some big um, meeting, and um, they show up, and, and there's, this, there's this little boy. And if you know Sarah, she's, um, she's a mom. She's the best. She's an awesome mom. She's great. She's a, she's a mighty woman of God. She does a lot of things. She's a, she's a powerhouse in a lot of ways. One of the things, she just has this caring 
nurturing thing that happens just comes oozes out of her. And so she's with this, this little boy comes up and he's uh, bedraggled. I mean, just really messy. And, and um, there's, um, you know, uh, just not, not any good. And he's got some, some, I don't know, bumps and some different things. And things are just, he's kind of a mess. And Sarah just picks him up and, and just, this kid is just with her. And, and, you know, he pees on her. And this is the whole, the whole story is hilarious. Um, and she just loved this kid. She just loved this kid and went about the whole, the whole uh, evening and just they did the thing that they were there to do, the, the meeting and all the stuff. And, and then um, it, was a, it was a multi-day thing. And so they all went home and, or went back to wherever they were staying. And then they came back in the, in, in the, later, the, the next day. And, and as they pull into the, as they pull into the, um, they pull into the thing, the, the, they rush, the uh, people just start rushing the car. They're just rushing the car, and, and, and Sarah and Chad are looking at each other, going, what's going on? And, and people are, like, just kind of, like, shoving money at them. <laughs> and they get out of the car, and they're just, like, shoving money at Sarah, and, and they can't figure out, they have no idea what's going on. And, and, um, and, um, and finally, they're like, hey, whoa, 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 what's happening? What's happening? And they said, the little boy, the little boy with leprosy, you healed him. She said, what? The, the, little, the little boy, what? Yeah, that boy, that boy that you were with yesterday, he, he had leprosy. Of course, they didn't take the money. What if healing the sick were that natural? What if it were that natural that you didn't even know you were doing it? That all you were doing is loving on some kid that was messy and peed on you. And in the midst of that, the supernatural agenda of the kingdom brought forth through you. Again, I love that song, that um, champion song. And, I, and if you want to fill your soul with negativity, it's really easy to do that these days. I don't know if you know this or not, there's this thing called the internet. And it's on computers now. And you can get on there and you can Google negative things about all kinds of stuff and fill your soul with that. Um, I choose not to, but a lot of people I know do and social media and whatnot. But anyway, um, this isn't my soapbox for that. There's a lot of people, I mean, I've heard people, you know, really just dog on that song. Oh, that song's terrible. It's this and that. You I mean, when I open up my mouth, miracles come. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you reading a different, maybe, a, maybe there's another translation out there that I just am unfamiliar with where I don't have to open my mouth. I don't have to pick up the kid who happens to have leprosy and let him pee on me to see him get healed. Somehow or other, there's a, there's a whole other gospel out there, but I'm telling you, it's not the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What if we lived our lives with such expectancy that we, that we walked into a situation always bringing light to darkness? If there's darkness in the room, that it would flee because somebody just turned on a switch. 
and it's you. What if we lived our lives with so much expectancy that when, that when we encountered the sick, we just said, let me lay hands. Because that's what Jesus said to do. Listen, laying hands on the sick and casting out demons is a simple matter of authority. It's a simple matter of authority. It's not a matter of formula. It's not a matter of your power, his, whatever. It's a matter of authority. It's a matter of saying, yes, I believe that I've been given this authority. Now, let me, leave, let me read this to you. This is in Mark, in chapter 16. And Jesus says to his disciples, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. The one who has believed and has been baptized will be saved, but the one who has not believed will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. These signs will accompany those who have believed. Now, I know that a lot of people would like to say, well, he's just talking to the disciples. It's not for us. Or, or you know, John died, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, he's left, Elvis has left the building. But he says these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. <laughs> We're not going to talk about tongues today. We don't want people to get riled up. They will pick up serpents. Okay? That's a funny joke, I'll tell you. They will pick up serpents, and they will drink any deadly poison, and it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now, in a parallel, in a parallel verse to this, in, in, Ma- in Matthew's gospel, um, Jesus opens this statement by uh, the caveat, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore. Go, therefore. And then all of this other stuff, all of this other stuff, attaches to that going, therefore. And as you go, preach the gospel. As you go, lay hands on the sick. As you go, cast out demons. Now let's talk about that for a quick second because what does that mean to cast out demons? Well, it could mean a lot of things. There's, there's a lot of opportunities um, to dispel the darkness. Okay, I don't know if you're aware of that, uh, but there's a lot of darkness around. And I think a lot of times when we think of casting out demons, we think of a very specific thing. We think of people writhing and foaming at the mouth and, and you know, people laying hands and, and telling those things to get out. And that is a true, in fact, um, a true thing and happens um, frequently. It's not only that. Okay, when we talk about casting out demons, let's also talk about the fact that we're here to speak light to darkness. Okay. And so when you find yourself, which I sometimes do, find yourself in that kind of oppressive place where darkness is trying to gain a foothold in a particular area of your life, okay? Or, or there's, a, there's a spirit of fear or anxiety or whatever it is, depression, right? What Jesus is saying here is take authority and speak the light of the kingdom into that situation and tell that darkness to go. Because you're made for more than that. 
And the people around you are made for more than that. You're not made to live in that darkness. You're not made to walk in that darkness. You're not made to embrace that darkness. And at the end of the day, what Jesus is saying is, you don't have to sit here and say, Lord, is it your will that this person would be oppressed by darkness? Is it your will that I would be oppressed by darkness? Is anyone confused over whether or not it is God's will for us to all be set free and that he has, we use the word translated, he has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his wonderful, marvelous light? Is anyone confused about that? Because if so, see me afterwards and we can talk. And... um. We could talk about the fact that God is a light bringer. He is light. There's a few things in scripture that says that God is. God is love. God is life. God is light. God is those things. God is love. God is life. God is light. If God is those things, then he is not darkness. And if he is not darkness then to bring darkness would be inconsistent with his nature and his character. And one thing I know about God is that he's always consistent. Authority. Authority. So, having been translated into this kingdom of his marvelous light, the kingdom of his son, the kingdom of God, grafted into the family, sons, daughters, identity, newness of life, new creations, New creatures, brand new. Then Jesus says, take that authority and go be an agent of change. Everywhere you go. I had a um I had this situation one time where I was um I was in South Africa and I was with Chris and Chad, a couple other folks, um some church leaders from Zambia and we were doing a bunch of conferences and stuff. And it was just it was just wild. Um just the power of God that, you know, was being displayed and the glory of, glory of God manifest and all this stuff. It was really cool. And on Sunday morning, um, we all split up, went to different churches um, and, preached in all these different, and preached in all these different churches. And, and so here I am, I really don't know anybody. I mean, I, I knew, at that time in my life, I knew Chris and I knew Chad vaguely, vaguely. Okay. Um, and so they're like, oh, yeah, just go with these people. They'll take care of you and go preach somewhere. I'm like, okay. That seems like as good an idea as any. I don't know who these people are. And so as we're driving through the countryside, I'm thinking to myself, I could die. They could take me off into the bush and just, you know, 
take all my things and leave me for dead, and nobody would ever know. But that's not happening. I mean, nobody, no, nobody ever, nobody ever future trips like that, right? I'm the only one that like starts to think through stuff that like that when you're like, man, I, I really wish I would have brought my nine millimeter. <clears throat> anyway, so here we are. We're in, in going in the bush, and and I wind up in this church and didn't know anybody, and and I preached and and um, afterward. Uh, they said, well, come on, we, we need to go and have a snack. Now, I don't know if you know this, but in a lot of other places in the world, a snack is not a snack. It's, a, it's not a snack. And I'm like, yeah, guys, listen, I really have to get back. And I got my watch on, which is a joke anyway, to have a watch on in Africa. Um, so I got my watch on. I'm like, I, I got to get back by noon. And it's like, you know, 1115. And I know it took, you know, 30 minutes to get out here. And and, and blah, blah, blah. And I really got to meet my friends. And yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back there. Um, we got to go have a snack. Okay, fine. We'll go have a snack. So we go have a snack and we walk in and walk into this place and, and um, there's just, just heaps of food, just heaps of it. And so I'm like, oh, oh, cool, 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 cool. I'm like, so is everybody going to eat? And they're like, oh, no, it's just, just, it's just for you. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I have a snack. And as I'm standing there, I'm talking to some people, and we're just chilling. You know, there's this, there's this uh, woman holding this boy, and, um, and uh, I, I can't remember. I said something like, you know, how are you or something, and she said he has malaria. And I said, okay, well, can I pray for him? And she says, sure, of course. So I lay hands on this little boy, and, I speak life into his body and tell that disease to get out in Jesus' name and so forth. And, uh, and then I left, and we went back and, 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 and did meet up with my friends. And the next day, we're um, at this meeting, and, and I see this, um, this mom and, and this boy and, and the dad. I'm like, hey, how are you? Oh, so good to see you, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, how's the, how's the boy? And they just looked at me with this so like nonchalant, like, like look on their faces like, oh, he's fine now. Like, what did you expect? You laid hands on him and spoke life and spoke the word of God and, and he's fine. He's absolutely fine now. What did you expect? Why are you even asking? It was just hilarious to me. But my point with that is that oftentimes I just find myself with this I don't know, we, we, we try to make this stuff so big. We try to make it so huge. And it just, it's just, frankly, I think it's just meant to be very, very natural. I think it's meant to be very natural. I think it's just meant to be something that kind of flows out of us and out of the nature of who we are in Christ and the fact that we are of the kingdom. And if we are of the kingdom, then the things that take place around us should also be of the kingdom. And so when I find myself in a situation and all of a sudden something happens that's of the kingdom and I'm, I'm marveling at it, it's almost like, you know, Jesus is like, dude, what'd you expect? What'd you expect? And it goes back to that word expect, expect, expectancy. Expectancy, expectancy, expectancy. How are we approaching our situations? Are we approaching our situations with expectancy? Or are we approaching them with expectation? 
There's a story in Mark. It's not in Mark. Maybe it's in Mark. It's in Matthew for sure. Chapter 8. And it's about a Roman centurion. And his encounter with Jesus. And in, in, in Matthew chapter 8, it says that when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, begging him, and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, terribly tortured. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those who were following, truly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac in the kingdom of heaven, but the sons of the kingdom will be thrown out into outer darkness in that place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, go, it shall be done for you as you believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. See, this centurion approached Jesus with expectancy. He expected that Jesus had the authority to do exactly what needed to be done. He approached Jesus and he said, Jesus, will you do this? And Jesus actually answered and said, I'll do that and more. I'll do that and more. Not only will I heal your servant, I'll come to your house, a Roman. A Roman. I think one of the biggest problems that we have when it relates to living naturally supernatural, one of the biggest problems that we have is that it's easy for us to believe that God is almighty and can do all of it and more. I think it's easy to believe that. Look around. Look at creation. If you believe in God, if you believe in Jesus, if you believe that he's the creator, just look around and you could go, yeah, this God could do everything, all of it, and more. It's easy to believe that. It's easy to believe he's almighty. It's way more difficult to believe that he'll do that for you. And it's also way more difficult that he wants to do it through you. We also have the problem of reconciling this whole good and bad stuff. By the way, does anybody remember the name of the tree in the garden that they weren't supposed to eat from? It was the knowledge of, oh, good, good, good. Okay, you've been paying attention. We get caught up in this whole thing of good and evil. 
something we were never made to know, incidentally. We were made to know God, not good and evil. We were made to know God. Now, God is goodness personified, okay? But I think we so often wrestle with this thing that, okay, if God is in control, if God is in control, then why does bad stuff happen? God must be signing off on all of that. This is what we say. God must be signing off on that putting his stamp of approval, sitting at his big pearly white desk or whatever. Maybe it's gold, I don't know. He's sitting at a desk with a stamp that says approved on it when bad stuff happens. I'm sorry if this shakes your core, but that's bad theology. God is nothing but good. God is not a bringer of darkness. God is not a bringer of death. God is not a bringer of sickness. God is not a bringer of disease. Somebody's going to come and talk to me about all kinds of stories in the Old Testament. I'd love to have coffee with you. I'll give you my number. God is nothing but good all the time. He doesn't do anything but good but we get caught up. So then we get into these things where we go, okay, well, God must have brought this sickness. And I've heard this. I've lost painfully, painfully, lost a lot of friends through the years, um, through these conversations. And so hopefully before you leave the church, just come talk to me and we can try to work it out. But it is God's, I believe, And DCC believes that it is God's desire that everyone be healed. God does not bring sickness on us for any reason. Not even something so noble as to bring us closer to him. Which is stuff I've heard before. Well, God God brought that cancer on me to bring me closer to him. Mm, Okay, I don't think so. Now, God does bring beauty for ashes. He is a redemptive genius, no doubt. And so when those bad things do happen, God will turn them around for the good. That is in the scriptures. But the fact that he architects them, have a hard time getting on board with that. So, The trouble with that kind of theology is then you can't really lay hands on the sick and believe that they'll be healed. Because what if God made that person sick? To bring them closer to himself. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go against the will of God. What if this is God's purpose that this person be destitute? What if it's God's purpose that this person be possessed by demonic whatever? We might as well stop. Let's just stop stop talking about healing. Let's stop asking for it. Because then it's just some sort of eternal spiritual crapshoot. And we have no clue. 
So why would Jesus tell us to go there for? Maybe he should have told us to go there for, and along the way, ask the Holy Spirit if God made that person sick on purpose. That would have been clearer. Those would have been better instructions, I think, than just go there for. But those were not the instructions that we received. Those are not the instructions that we have. What we're told is to go there for and to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Now, here's an interesting factoid for you. Jesus never taught his disciples what to do with unanswered prayer. And neither will I. We continue to pray. We continue to lay hands on the sick. We continue to show up on the scene and say, Lord, how can I partner with you in your agenda in this time, in this place, for whatever purposes you have in this season, bringing your goodness, your love, your light, your love, your life, all of it, unleashing it by the power of the Holy Spirit for the glory of your name. If you still wonder, I'll throw this one more thing out. I know I'm kind of going a little bit over, but I always do that anyway. So you expected that, right? If you wonder, if you wonder at all, if God brings sickness, if you wonder at all, if God's purpose in this place is condemnation. If you wonder at all if God brings darkness upon the souls of men and women, if you wonder at all if God really wants all people to be saved, simply look at Jesus. Friends, Jesus is perfect theology personified. Jesus is perfect theology personified. If you ever wonder about how God would react to a specific situation, see if Jesus reacted to one just like it. And how did he react to it? And why? Because the scriptures tell us that Jesus, Jesus is the expression of the Godhead. The Greek word there is icon. It's where we get our word icon. And if you think about what an icon is, when you see that little swish thing, you always think, just do it. When you see the Starbucks logo, you think, I'm going to buy an overpriced cup of coffee. (laughs) The icon of the Godhead the thing that you look at that reminds you everything that it is, everything that is part of that brand, if you will. Jesus is the perfect expression of everything that God is. Listen, I know that I didn't tell you how to lay hands on the sick, but that's not why we're here. If you notice, the last two weeks, we didn't talk about how to have listening prayer either. Lisa didn't talk about how to intercede. 
This stuff comes back to who we are in Christ. It comes back to our authority and our identity. And if we don't shore those foundations, see the how, the how is just the story about Sarah. There was no how in that. She was just being herself. The little boy with malaria. I mean, I can tell you story after story after story of people healed, and not just in Africa, here, at our workplace, in the break room, in the prayer, whatever, in my house, on the playground. I can tell you story after story after story after story of, of healing and, and, and light coming to darkness. But it's not about the how, it's about the, it's about the, it's about the why. It's about the why. Now listen to this. If we are to be a church that sees the sick recover and demonic darkness cast out, it will not come from following some formula from placing our most robust faith in a desired result, or even from the most vehement belief that God has the power to do it all and more. These things are nice and useful in varying degrees, but really all of this must spring from the depths of who we are in Christ and who we know him to be. Is he a king who makes ill? Or brings darkness upon the soul? Is he a God who makes well and brings light, illuminating the hearts and lives of men and women? As natural to us as breathing or as our hearts pumping, healing from sickness along with deliverance from the darkness of the age and the prince that rules it are matters of the kingdom agenda. This is all part of everything that Jesus came to accomplish. It is the sign in this world that the true king has regained the throne and that he has given to us the authority to represent him in this earth until he comes again. Healing from sickness and triumphing over darkness are matters of authority, an authority that is firmly established and that has been given to all who call upon his name. We need only walk in it, and see the manifestation of it, all to his glory. The man can come. Now listen, um, there are, there are going to be some folks in the back um, that are here to pray. But I want to do something a little bit different. I didn't tell anybody about this, so my apologies for everybody for springing this on you. But um, is anyone here sick in your body? Anyone? Go ahead. Raise your hand. Anyone? Just one. Okay. Two. Okay. I got two. 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 I got three. I got three. I got three. I got three. I got four. I got four. All right, I got four. I got, come on, keep them coming. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I got four, I got four, I got four. Going once, going twice. <laughs> All right, stand to your feet, please. 
Can we stand your feet? Everybody? 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 All right, as we go back into a time of worship, okay, those four people are going to raise your hand again, and, and what I was hoping is that anyone who believes that you have been given authority, the same authority that Jesus, that Jesus was talking about in Matthew 28, And in Mark 16, that same authority to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Anybody who believes that that is for you, um, go to those people. Go to those people. Lay hands on them. Now, I will give you a brief word, word of instruction. When we go and we lay hands on the sick and we pray for the sick, okay, we need to be careful how we do that because it's important. We take, um, this is a matter of authority, right? Jesus said, Jesus said, when he taught his disciples how to pray, he said, he said, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Another way to translate that in the Greek is kingdom of God come, will of God be done here on this earth as it is in heaven. Okay? So it's a declarative thing taking the authority. Again, it's his authority, but he gave it to us and he lives inside of us and he wants to partner with us. And if he wants us to heal the sick, then we know that we can do that. And we simply say, Jesus, in the name, your name, the highest name, the name that's above every name, I speak to this disease, this thing, this ailment, this whatever, this malady, whatever it is. And I tell it to get out in the name of Jesus. I tell it to be gone. I speak to this body. I tell it to be right. I tell it to be whole in the name of Jesus. I tell it to be made right. I tell it to be perfected. I tell it to be brought back to the place of wholeness as it should be in the name of Jesus, according to your word, according to your power, according to your purpose in Jesus' name. So something like that. Use your words, don't use mine. But if you take that same stance, this is the authority that we're talking about. And then tomorrow, on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, when you go out into the world, whether you're in your home, whatever it is, take that same authority. Where there's darkness, speak to it. Light, be manifest here in this place. Darkness, go. You don't have to beg. You don't have to borrow. You don't have to steal. You just say it. It is according to his will. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A Church in the City podcast. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode with a friend as we are fulfilling our mission of empowering a movement of passionate Jesus followers. Thank you again and see you Wednesday for our midweek podcast.